It's culling the herd, too. That's like Zen bitch slap culls the herd. People get upset by the word Zen bitch slap. And so if they get upset by that, they might as well not. If they get upset by that, it's a good sign that yeah, they may not be open to hearing the message. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, you know, it's just a simple imitation. I don't know if you know anything about Zen Bitsla. Mm-hmm. No, all right, so yeah. It's simple imitation. It's always really an introductory offer because you are the product, yeah, basically. Uh, one of the term, uh, there's one term that I use quite a lot and impress, it, it expresses a lot of what I want to say, and that's the term selfing, selfing, yeah. I don't like to give nouns to anything because I don't believe there are nouns really in life. There's just verbing. So this word selfing uh, imply, or it's actually, it's a verb called the act of being identified as a self. And so a self in this view is the feeling or the sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. Yeah? That's self. Yeah? a singular unit independent from other units, yes, having its own private feelings and thoughts and actions. This, to me, is the sense of self that we feel when an action moves through us, and we feel or we sense when a thought is noticed. There's a feeling that I'm the thinker of it or it's about me. That feeling, that sense is produced. We didn't, babies don't have it for a while. Until the mental state develops to a point where they can, it can start organizing this event underneath this banner of a self. You know that things are happening to you. When you're a little kid, at you know, like baby, things are just happening. There's no direction. You don't see the difference between you and mother or anything. It has to be formulated, and it's the mental state. So we grow into a sense of being a self. Therefore, we can grow out of a sense of being a self. Yeah. So. That sense of being a self is, you, is mostly pronounced or produced by the mental process, so the thought system. So if you look at the thought system, you could actually present it as a subjective language used by objects, literally. Yeah? So th- the body is saying it's the subject. So the body believes I'm seeing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching, but in fact, it's not doing that. It facilitates seeing, feeling, tasting, and touching, but it's not doing the seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. It's hugely different, yeah. So consciousness, in most people would say, you know, there's, there's awareness or consciousness, and it's consciousness that's having contact here in this event called living, yeah. So conscious contact is the baseline of this experience. And in the mental process occurs, and then there's a feeling of being the you, or the one who's conscious, and the one who's seeing, and the one who's feeling, and the one who's thinking. Yeah. Now, we used the word yesterday, presuppose. Well, that's what it does. It presupposes that you were there before the thought, and therefore you're thrown into a position of doership, when you really don't have anything to do with most thoughts. Yeah. It's just like a popcorn maker. If the heat's a certain way and you're in a certain condition, the pops go flying, yeah? Yeah, so, but there's a sense that you're the thinker, isn't there? That's why people are so confused about thoughts, because they're in a, they're in a, a contrived relationship with them as I'm the doer of them. So if I'm the doer of it, like if I'm running, I can stop running, yeah? 
I don't have, I don't just start, I don't run involuntarily, usually, you know. If I catch myself running and I go, hey, I want to stop running, I stop, but it doesn't seem to be able to be applied to thinking, does it? Thinking is sort of goes wild. And then, and you never, you never hit a point where, okay, I've thought enough. Is that, have you ever done that? You know? I mean, all right, I've gone over that topic for 30 freaking years. It's like CSI, you know, forensic. I've gone over the details. It's a freaking dead case, but it just refuses to give up on it, yeah? So the thinking doesn't, isn't under our control and command. And, that's, and because of what we think it's, or the way we feel about it, it's confusing to us because we believe we're doing it, then why can't, you know, like if I'm stretching, I can stop stretching, you know. If I'm walking, I can stop walking. Why can't I? Because you're not in control of it, of the system, yeah. The thought system, in a sense, has become con- in control of us. It's like we all have our own little private radio stations, K. Paul and K. Jeffrey and K. Jonathan, and they're playing Golden Oldies all day, and we keep buying subscriptions, you know? Yeah, it's finally going to work out if I just get this or have this or do that. And I'll meet that one or whatever. It just goes on and on. And so, what? Oh, it's all advertising. That's the dilemma. It never delivers the goods, but it has a lot of advertising about the goods. And actually, it's pointing out all the information about the goods is really used to point the lack of goods you seem to be in, which is just generates seeking. Yes? Seeking doesn't come naturally in a sense. It's a little bit. Everyone's been seeking since they left the teeth of the mother, you know? But this, the mental state has taken it to another level. Unbelievably. So, the sense of selfing is produced through the perceptions and through thoughts. Your perceptions are very manipulated, too. If, you're not, if your physicality isn't feeling well, things look bleak, doesn't it? I mean, if you get the flu, you're usually bummed out. Things like that happen. They're closely connected to us. So, perceptions aren't true. They're not objective. They're subjective, based on the condition of who you think you are. And the thoughts are totally in the service of this idea of being a someone. So if you look at the thought system, just look at it, if you, it's happening. Like I was at a bookstore. I do a talk where I live once a month at a very spiritual bookstore, thousands of books, all on spirituality. And I was looking at the front counter, and there was a book, a 900-page book on consciousness. Now, I said, Jesus Christ, why would you want to study consciousness when you're conscious? You know what I mean? You're conscious, and you're not learning from that. <laughs> You've got to read a book about your own inherent state. You know, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, why do we, that, that mental drive to know, we want to know what we can only find out. You can only find out the, about the truth because you are the truth. You can't know it. If, if, it would, if you can know it, it would be an object to you, and it isn't, yeah? So, and... And you can't have an experience of what you are. It's not an experience. Bodies have experiences. No thing does not have an experience. Yeah, it's a, it's it's beyond. It's behind. It's before experience, really. And its effects on one in this life will, it, if you entertain the possibilities, you will that state of mind. It's not a state. Let's say a stateless state of being in mind will influence all your experiences. But you'll never be able to cast it into an experience because it doesn't come and go. 
Yeah, it can't be grabbed and and quantified and collected and you know trapped. It's not of that nature. It's no thingness. You know, it's awareness, consciousness, being. I like being in con. Consciousness is defined by what it's moving through here. So consciousness is defined by the gates it comes through. So we see, hear, feel, taste, and touch here. But if there was twenty gates of sense gates, there would be twenty experiences of here, of this place. We only have five sense gates because consciousness is all there is, but it's coming through only five faculties. So those consciousness seems to be seeing through the eye, hearing through the ear, feeling through the touch, yeah? But it's not, consciousness isn't, you know, it's not of that, yeah? The, the, what it moves to defines the experience of it, but consciousness isn't something you touch, smell, taste, you know, hear. It's, it's not of thingness, yeah? So this selfing, I would say, is what's driving most people crazy, basically. And I think on the on on the advertisements for these talks, it was pr- uh, pronounced as "what's not happening," because that's usually most people, if they're here today and they're bummed out, it's not about based on today. It's happening today, but it's based on yesterday or last week or next week. Yes, it's very rarely. Today isn't really screwing with any of us right now. Very, the appropriate response here would be chilled out. You know, you got a lot of exits you can take off from. You're not locked into your seat. You know, no one's going to keep you here. So basically, it's appropriate to chill out. But a lot of people will be contracted in this place because they're not really responding to this. They're reacting to a mental state of time. Yeah, I like to call it what's not happening because it's not happening <laughs> really. <laughs> it seems to be happening to you, but no one else is it happening to. So in, in, a, in a massive survey, it would be deemed to be not happening because it's only happening in your little porno theater up there. It's not happening in the, the main theater, let's say, the open-air theater. So, so what's not happening is produced by the thought system, obviously. Yeah? So it pictures you as a body, and that's how the thought system pictures you. When you listen to the thoughts in one's head, the thought system assumes and implies and presupposes that you're a body. That's how you're pictured. And the mind works in pictures, really. Words are just... If a, a true a word, a true value of a word, if it triggers a picture. So that's like they say, a, one picture's worth a thousand words. It's true. The mind works in more images than than words, but the words can trigger an image, so <coughs> what happens with a claimed thought when a thought is hurt, held as yours it triggers an image, the mental state, I mean the mind pictures itself as big M mind, as a body, and this is the bondage to the idea of being a self yeah? or the bondage to the identity of a body, this is what happens, and so people who... the ultimate image that it, it, it's the body image the thought system, for sure. Yeah. It pictures you as a body. And if it, when it pictures you as something other than a body, it's still framed as a body. You know, it's the reference is always being referred to. So when you're thinking of yourself as spirit, you're thinking of yourself as spirit from the frame of being a body. You can't imagine not being a body. Just <laughs> try it. You know? And even when you're dreaming at night, you're usually dreaming of bodies, aren't you? maybe a bird, maybe a horse, but it's a body. So you're still in the same mental state and dream state most times. 
because you're dreaming a world of bodies, which is what we're in now, seemingly. Yeah. So there's no real difference between dream state and awake state, except for uh, duration, basically. Yeah, this seems longer. <laughs> you know, that's about all that happens, really. So, so it's time down consciousness, and it's our perception of ourselves as a separate self, i.e., a body. Yes. Well, it's, see, consciousness. The thing is, time bound. Nothing can bind what we are. This is the dilemma, in a sense. Because time can't bind us. Time can be used to bind us. See, this is the trick. Nothing here is real. It only can reach a level of seemingly so. means it appears to be real to different degrees based on whatever condition you seem to be in that day. But you are what's lending reality to it. it does, it's not imposing a reality to you other than the reality you gave it. Like the Course in Miracles would say, it's not, it's not perception, it's projection. Mind's dreaming, and then the body perceives the dream as if it's real. Or another way of saying it, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming the dream, and we give everything, we, in that condition, we give everything we've dreamt, thoughts, feelings, the power to affect us as the dreamt. And that's what people are suffering from. It was a diagram of everyone's day on this planet, basically. We're the mind dreaming this dream. We forget that we're dreaming it. And, by, and how do we constantly forget? We're remembering to be dreamt. We're taking ourselves to be the body. And in this condition, things that have no power at all to affect us now have a huge amount of power because we lend it to them. That's why something can seem to be the worst thing that ever happened to you for years, and if your mind shifts, it will be seen as the best thing that happened. Like, before I came into recovery, that time I got arrested was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But now it led to recovery, and which has been awesome, so it's the best thing that happened to me. What was it? Was it the worst thing? And then suddenly went through this huge transformation that I was unaware of? And then suddenly, when I went back to the same old worst thing, it was the best thing? Or... The worst thing and best thing was based on how I was seeing it. It's always based on how we see it. This whole place is about giving up power and then bitching about it, basically. You know? It truly is. It truly is. If, if the if people, some people, they love the course, they should follow it. They should read it and let it sink in. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's a statement. Lesson number two. One of the most basic foundational lessons. You and I give all the meaning it has. And they have like the first six. And then they say the last, the seventh, which is the reason why all the first six are so is because the seventh is so. And that is I see only the past. So basically we're living a mental interpretation here. We're rehashing, rethinking, refeeling, redoing all freaking day, day after day, and we change a couple of sceneries and nouns, and then, or we call Idaho Burlingame, and then oh, it's so new, but it's the same, same. Yeah, have you ever gone? Let's say I grew up in Burlingame, California. Let's say, then I go to Thailand. After a few weeks, it looks like Burlingame because I'm there. <laughs> Wherever I go, I seem to be the big meaning giver. Yeah, exactly, because you are. So the apparatus lends meaning here. Yeah? But not based on it, but based on the mental state and the mind. If the mind takes itself to be the mental state, the mind is sort of like this huge camera, let's say. Huge camera. Super huge lens. Did I say this last night? 
No. All right. A super huge, wide open lens, you know, like 360 surround, everything. Just adding sound and everything to it. And then it's walking around and sees a small camera. Let's say that's self centeredness, you know. So it goes to the small camera and says, let me take a look and see what it looks like through this. And so it looks through, and this, this other camera has a very small aperture that seems like it's locked in place, and it has a yellow lens, so everything you see seems to be yellow. But it's not what you're seeing, it's what you're looking through. Yes, The yellow's being splashed on things, they're not inherently yellow, it's coming from the camera. Yeah? So there you are. So now the big camera, by just looking through the little camera, falls asleep to its big old camera nature and now wakes up thinking this is its this is my this is the way I see. These this is my aperture. This is my lens. Yeah? And so now with all this possibility being forgotten, it lives in this little self centered tunnel where instead of seeing life as happening, it sees life as happening to me, which isn't life. That's an interpretation. Life is happening is an event Life is happening to me is a story about an event. Yeah? And then we get into the story about an event, and our story never measures up to the idea we have about the event. Yeah? It's like when I was a kid. I wasn't in an abusive situation. lived in a middle-class house in Long Island, New York. And when I was playing, I wasn't thinking, will I be playing next week, and worried because time hadn't set up. And I wasn't going inside and going over, could I have been playing better today? <laughs> I don't think I got the most out of my playing. None of that was, it was not, it was not, it was an impossibility at the time. And I wasn't walking around my house thinking my room is too small and my mother should be dressing better. You know, I didn't want gap clothes or a fucking hat on. None of that. I was just kidding around, kid just doing its thing, playing with ants. And then the mental state develops. And then, you know, when you were a kid, you'd run into a room. And then there was a point where that all changed. That Then you started going into rooms, never not accompanied by thought. Right. About who's, how do I look, who's there, da-da. This, this fucking unseen guest moved in and now starts narrating your damn little life. So it must be necessary then, as an adult, right? For itself, it's necessary, for sure. And for this movie, it's necessary. But some necessariness runs out of its, its expiration date, maybe overdue. Yeah? You have... The thing is, that's the way the mental state's going to interpret this place. But you don't have to buy the interpretation. It doesn't mean it's not going to sell it to you. It's going, But if you don't buy it, it's like this. I remember I went to... Uh, Leela was pointing out to me how I'm never linear in these talks, and I never am. But if you can hold any questions till after, because there's a souffle gets cooked, you know. Don't trust the chef, I know. I've seen this event thousands of times. So, all right. So I went to Turkey. Yeah, I was going around the world, so I went to Turkey, liked it a lot, was in Istanbul. And when I landed in Istanbul, I was with some other people, and then this guy, a very nice-dressed Turkish guy, saw us and became like a volunteer tour guide. And we were at, saw the Sophia and the Blue Mosque. And then he took us to this building. And then he goes, go enter, enter, enter. And then we never saw him again. And another guy, well-dressed, oh, come on in, come on in. It's like a rug emporium. Yeah, they, they like, they make a lot of rugs there. And they go, what would you want? You want some apple juice, Turkish coffee? Come on, sit down. And they bring you in. And then they do this giant extravaganza. They bring the rugs out. They're flipping them, and the light's catching it. It's like this huge show. And it's amazing, and they're beautiful. And they're like, 
flying, and you know, they'll do it for hours. You know, they'll just keep refilling your Turkish car, and you're sitting there for three, four hours. It's like the greatest show in town. But, but I had total immunity to it. Yeah, why? Because I didn't have a flaw. I had no place to live. I was traveling around the world. I didn't have a, a flaw, so I didn't give a shit about the rugs. I loved them, but there was no way. I, and they were going, well, we can pack it up and put it into your knapsack. I go, I'm not going to be carrying a rug in Thailand in a knapsack. I mean, it was so absurd. I had total immunity, though the advertising was awesome. Without the flaw, you're not going to want a rug. And that's exactly what we're attempting to share here. The whole thing, the whole mental domination of us is based on one single idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The non-existent thing that seems to be existing. That's the dilemma. That's the root of the whole dilemma. It goes back to the same point. Everything you can say about it is thousands of ways of saying it to bring you back to this one simple point, which I'll read it again. I Probably in a week I'll be tired of this, but I'm not tired of it now, unless I can't find it which I can't find it, but I can remember it pretty well. So, presupposing a non-existing thing is existing. This is what the mental state does. It presupposes that you're a someone. It presupposes that you're a someone, not out of the blue. It has to claim a lot of faculties that go on in an experience called living, like feelings and thoughts and actions. It claims those things and says an action implies the actor. A thought implies the thinker. A feeling implies or presupposes a feeler. Yes? This is what, this is how the presupposing of a non-existing thing becomes our starting point. That's why the journey doesn't freaking work. It's about taking a step back, not thousands of steps forward. Every step forward just geometrically progresses the small miscalibration. Taking a step back, you get out of the problem and you see the problem from the solution. And I'm telling you, from the solution, there is no real problem. It's an activity. You can, if you uh, abstain from it, it won't have a long, large effect on you. If you buy it, you'll be living that story. Simple as that. Every second of every day, you're being offered two things. One, the hand that's always out at all times, no requirement necessary. Your own nature offering you it. And then the mental advertising constantly about yesterday and tomorrow, flooding now into y- with yesterday and tomorrow. If you buy that, you're going to live in anxiety. Yeah, Your faith, which we all have, everyone in this place has tons of faith. Tons of faith. Faith is a force of mind, big M mind. It's not a faith. It's not like Islam and Buddhism. It's faith. We all have faith. Faith, like everything else here, what mind is doing here is manifesting. Yeah, Mind is expressing. And, it's what, and faith is just like any other aspect of mind. It's going to be defined by, what's going to define its expression is the vehicle it's put in. So if you have faith in the thought system, you're going to be producing tons of anxiety out of what's not happening. Literally. Your mental state is going to be mimicking the physiological effects of fear 20, 30 times a day when there's no apparent threat. You're going to be shocking yourself, basically. What is... Oh, I really like that coffee. Watch it. 
So what's not happening? Anything can happen in what's not happening. I can have cancer in what's not happening. I can. I'm not. I don't have cancer now. As long I don't know. Maybe I do. And so, but it's not happening. But in what's not happening, I could have cancer. What's not happening? I'll be destitute. What's not happening? I may go home and I won't have a home to go to. What's not happening? To, I, my mind can come up with thousands of ideas about what's not happening. And if I believe them, if I have faith in them, it's going to produce an effect here. I'm going to feel contracted, not good, seeing threats when there aren't any threats. Yes, all day. All right? So what's the difference between what's not happening and what's happening? What's happening doesn't have all the extravaganzas, but it has one quality what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. You may like it or not like it, but this is actually happening now. Yeah? doesn't mean if it's real or not, but it is happening. And in this happening, this one acknowledgement of this has the ability to have immunization to all of what's not happening. By realizing and just being awake to what's happening, it's a built-in immunity to the, to the travels and the, and the travails of what's not happening. Yeah? I would love to be a psychiatrist that, that specializes in what's not happening, or a psychologist. I could book about 120 people a day for 100, 200 bucks. They'd come in expecting an hour, and they'd start bitching about what's not happening. I'd go, that's not happening. I'll see you next week. <laughs> what? I have 59. No, that's what's not happening. Hit the road, another person in. I'd have to work one day. My whole career would be over. Make all the money I haven't needed. Isn't it true, though? Really? If you're sitting there, and I'm sitting as close as I can to you, and nothing is migrating over to me, it's all in your own little porno theater, and you're totally screwed, <laughs> you're totally screwed, in a sense, I can't see it, feel it, taste it, touch it. All I can do is empathize through memory, because I have a story that I was once somewhere like that, but basically I have no way to contact it, because I'm not, it's, there's no experience in it. Yeah? I'm just living, I can't put my, because in his world... He's in Tuesday in what's not happening. I'm maybe in Monday in what's not happening. We don't meet. You know what I mean? We rarely come contact. We rarely are entertaining the same what's not happening at the same moment. So we never have a bonding. It's just—it's like it's like trading spit, basically. You know what I mean? All right. I'll put up with your what's not happening, so you'll put up with my what's happening, and we'll say we're having a very intimate conversation, but based on nothing. <laughs> You don't see the insanity of it? So, in what's happening, it's simple. You're finally here, and then you have an immunity there and then. But most people's here is there and then. It's yesterday and tomorrow. Most people's today is populated by yesterday and tomorrow. You don't have the ability to deal with that. There's no solution to what's not happening other than realizing it's not happening. Every other solution is part of it. <laughs> Abstinence is the key in a way. If you abstain, if it gets one foot in the door, it's a, it's a roommate. Seriously. <laughs> It'll be kicking you out, really. You, have to, you can see it, though, because it's, a, it's an, a presupposing, an assumption, an inference. Even though how habitual it is, it's still not so. It has to convince what's so to believe it. And then we'll live as if it's so. And that's the closest it can get to being so, is when so lives as if it's being so. And this is what it's attempting to do all day. 
sometimes feverishly, sometimes you can sense it. What is it when it's talking to you? Who the hell is it seeing up there? Yeah, it's, isn't it sometimes trying to convince you? If it was you, it would just get in the car and go and get the drink. But it's there busily convincing you to try something that somewhere you know is an insane idea. And yet, if once it buys your ear, then it's talking as you. It's so fast. You can see it. Oh, it's working, you're working. But if you give in, it's talking as you. It's a whole nother ball game. Yeah? Now you're there for transportation. It's just going to drive you around. Create drama here, there. So you'll be, you know, fucking... You'll be paying for a marriage you never wanted in that one night of... You know, I know a friend who had in Goa, India, on ecstasy at a rave. He had sex with a woman... She had the baby, and now he's been intrinsically connected to her and her family for 25 years. He doesn't even remember the fucking night, basically. You know, and it's, uh, I went to court with him and everything. It's just insane. You know, this is what happens. You make one step on flypaper, the next step may be on flypaper, and then you're on flypaper. But this is about, and I was listening to people today, beautiful, working with horses and then Chris and doing all this stuff. And this has nothing for or against that. That's all beautiful. But to me, that's a form of expression, not a, a means of achieving. Your inherent state can use those things to shine in and to shine through, but I don't believe you ever use those states to produce it, because it can't be produced. Yeah. And the dilemma with spiritual seeking is just like every seeking. Yeah, there's a, a format or a template that it's a mental template that may be doing what you don't think is happening, which is whatever you're doing is being used to reinforce the, the imaginary doer. Yeah, so you get trapped. Even you get trapped even by the pursuits of going free. The mental state will use them to trap you. Now I'm not saying it's the case or not because it's not rote. It's basically your condition. If you're buying it, it can be doing that without you being aware of it. And if you're not buying it, it you'll see it as an expression. It's like you know what I mean. It's a different when you do something as an expression. It's much different if you're doing it to work towards something. It's a whole different modality to me, different feeling. And then a lot of times when you realize it's just an expression, your expressions may change. You may not do any of that stuff anymore. And it's totally okay. You know, I don't read anything, spirituality or anything. I read Yankee blogs and shit. I do very mundane things. Buy shirts at thrift stores. I don't go to funkin' pilgrimages or anything. It wouldn't, that's not the seat assignment that I've been shown. Mine is to keep myself as fucking mundane and disinteresting as possible because I seem to be the better hose that way. And the water likes it that way, so that's the way I go. Yeah, before I was constantly. I've got to improve my state. Who fuck? That's insanity. Can't improve a stateless state. The state may improve you, the stateless state, if you allow it. This action figure, but you're not improving it. <laughs> There's no freaking way. It's like we think the ho- cart is the horse. Yeah, but actually, the horse is what we are. The cart is what we're thinking we are. Yeah. The cart is a story that we may have that's tagging along with us, but when it becomes the horse, that's slavery. Yeah? It's sort of like this whole idea, this whole reference idea. Let's say here, today, as a body, there's the sun. I want to get some sun. But in this position, a cloud can stop me from receiving the sunlight of the Spirit, let's say. Yes? 
I have to wait, hope the clouds move, get ready for the five minutes that the cloud's gone, all this effort. But the same, not, not changing anything, just your position. If you were on the sun side, you'd also see the clouds, but they wouldn't have any ability to block you off from the sunlight anymore, would they? You'd still see them, but not that, nothing changed with the clouds, but your position changed. You're in a changeable position. This isn't, the aperture isn't locked into self-centeredness. Mind has many modalities it can live through and buy. Yeah? This is a form of slavery that we become locked in because we're identified with the center of the whole system of self-centeredness, which is the body. So now we want to be free as a body when it's really being free from the body. It doesn't mean you don't take care of the body because you were never taking care of the body. The body was. The body has its own agenda. It motivates actions. It does a lot of things. There's fucking bugs in your guts that are motivating actions in you. Most of your... There's more of... What do they call More bacteria. There's more bacteria in what you're calling your body than you. Over 50% of you, if you call that, is bacteria. <laughs> you got a lot of uncle and aunts of the non, you know, vertical... <laughs> Little fucking bugs. Yeah, it's so funny that we keep this self-centeredness thinking the body is a solid unit when we're just like a giant mass migration in time moving, you know? Every seven years and all the cells of your body have changed and everything like that. Yet we constantly want to assert the, the continuality of me. Like me. Was that really me when the body was one years old? Give me a break. <laughs> oh, that was wee little Paulie. And then he went through some traumas, and then he was fucked up, Paulie, for quite a long time. Now he's unscrewed, Paulie. No, there was no Paulie. <laughs> there was no Paulie who was the down and out junkie who now recovered from it. How could that possibly be? How could the junkie become unjunkified? It isn't. There was never a junkie, and there's no one recovered. That's the good news. That's how recovery proceeds. As soon as it's me becoming recovered, then me may entertain the idea, I don't want to be recovered. But if it's just recovery, hey, fuck it, I'm going along with the plan. Mm-hmm. It's just a different, all it is, is a different, it's a simple, it's not even a correction, because every, all the problem is imaginary, literally. Yeah, All of it, see, like in Buddhism, they talk about the Four Noble Truths. You ever hear of that? And they say suffering, you know, every, there's this malaise. It was more like a malaise or a dissatisfaction, a vague dissatisfaction. And the cause of it is desire, right? So desire causes. So what is the first desire, really? In the mental state, is the, it is the desire to become and the desire to unbecome. So the mental state has a desire to become what it wants to be. It wants to be a body and it wants to be, let's say, a successful body or a great sports body or something like that and then it believes that it's something it doesn't want to be like a loser or a da 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 not good enough not a good looking person or something so it's it's always in this agitated state of desiring to become which it can never fulfill and then desiring to unbecome which it can never fulfill because it isn't that which it wants to unbecome from yeah 
So have you noticed when you've had a thwarted desire, what happens? You buy a lot of ice cream or fucking like that, and then one day you just blow up because the pressure builds up. You're so freaking pissed, you know? Whatever. Well, this desire is constantly producing pressure because it can't be fulfilled. You're never going to be a body. It's just though it's you never were and you never will be. There's the body is an interface with life and it's awesome, but you're not that. Yeah? And if, and you're also all you're not the things that you think you are. You're not a loser or a winner. You're not any of those things. Those are claimed attributes that have nothing to do with what you are. Yeah? The only place a metal can be stuck on is a body. So this thing is, the selfing is just this. It's a mental process. It's agitated at its core because it's desiring to become and desiring to unbecome. And it's like a slinky. Desiring to become and then unbecome, become, unbecome, become, become, unbecome. And that's what it drives. It's its own generating force. Seeking begets seeking, begets seeking, begets seeking. There is no intention to find because you are what you're looking for. So if it were fucking wake up to that truth, it would be over. But it doesn't. It, so it says, let's make a, let's have like an Easter hunt with no eggs. All right. And then a, it plays a sadistic, like a sadistic adult. Remember those games when they go, you're getting warmer. This is like your head with spiritual practices. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, you, oh, you're cold again. You must have not done something today. You missed your, your protocol. Oh, you're, oh, you're way cold. It's like, a, it's like a sadistic little, there's no egg. It's the egg looking for the egg. Well, like a great Zen master, Huang Po says, beautiful statement. He's my favorite. If you want to read something, read a Chinese Zen, not the Japanese Zen, the old Chinese Zen masters. And Huang Po, the teachings of Huang Po by John Blofeld. Awesome, awesome. So here he says, he's a very cautionary warning. Most of these teachings are. They're trying to warn you of a simple problem that most of us start from. And so he says, you cannot use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You cannot use mind, big M mind, to seek mind. You cannot use light to seek light. You can do it for eons and nothing's going to happen. Because in this, this is what the mental state does. It will affirm a Buddha to use it to deny your Buddhahood. So we'll say, yeah, there is a Buddha, but it ain't you. Yeah? So now, all right, I'm going to search for the Buddha, but in sense, what he's saying, the reality, it's the Buddha searching for the Buddha. That's why it never works. Because for the Buddha to search for the Buddha, it's got to be based on a denial of its Buddhahood. Or it would be just expressing Buddhahood. It wouldn't be looking for it. It would be living it. Yeah? Yeah? So, the denial of the Buddhahood puts you in a position, an absurd one, to seek the Buddha, but as the Buddha. Or to use light to seek light, or use mind to seek mind. This is the fundamental flaw, or the idea of trying to get relief from an imaginary thing as an imaginary thing. Like in recovery, we say self can't get out of self. How's that possible? Because self is an imaginary thing. And if self tries to get out of it, which is also an imaginary thing, you're in a giant imaginary event of an imaginary thing trying to get out of an imaginary thing. It's seeing what you're not, yeah, and that's how you find out what you are. It stops the whole goose chase, yeah? 
before the first step, which is going to initiate the next step, which is, oh, I'm bound, I must be free. No, the freedom from bondage is prior to being bound. It sees bonding as an activity, not as an event. Just as an activity, a mental one at that. And then when you see that, you're inherently free from it. You are free from it, not after it, but before it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the immediacy of our real condition right now. And I'm talking about how that gets displaced in time by the mental state. So the mental state says, oh, you're not at this square, you're at this square. And then it maps out a course, and it says that square is way over there. And then you go looking for that square. But in fact, you never left this square. This is this square looking for itself over there. So just like the Buddha seeking the Buddha. So if you, did, if you can see that just possibly entertain the idea you're not the thinker of the thoughts or you're not the feeler of the feelings. It's not negating feelings and thoughts. They are happening, but it's negating or, or allowing you to entertain a possibility. They may not be happening to anyone. They just may be happening. Yeah? And so like thousands of things are flying and it, how you react to it is you're the, the mental... The mental state puts up the mitt, catches the ball, and that defines the game. Yeah? So a thought's going, my thought, all right? Now the thought is being used. Yeah? It's carrying weight in your life. I know people, one thought can ruin their day. They can be at the, they've been working hard for years to go to that vacation in Hawaii, but they can't stop thinking about work while they're in Hawaii. And when they're at work, they can't stop thinking about Hawaii. They're never located where they are geographically. To me, it's slavery. Simple as that. It's like funny because we get all these security systems, but the thief is already in the house. (laughs) The security systems work perfectly. It keeps us in (laughs) so the thief can rob us. And it's a heist that's happening all day. It never really happens, but it sure seems like it is. <laughs> it, can only, it can only sustain itself in time for 90 years, 100 years. The joke of being a body doesn't last that long, really. 108 maybe the most, 120. That's nothing, isn't it? In geological time, that's nothing. This thing, can, this thing has hard enough sustaining it for 80, 90 years. Yeah? As soon as eternity shows up, it's totally invalidated in a nanosecond. Yeah, you just—it's not. It has no way in hell you're behind the cheekbone. There's no way that you stop here. You know what I mean? And then there's whatever this is, and then someone else starts there. <laughs> they used to say, Jesus said, "The kingdom of heaven is within you." So when I heard that from the body's point of view, I said, the kingdom of heaven must be pretty small. No parking if it's in this. It's a very small kingdom. But the kingdom of heaven is within you as what you are because everything is within you as what you are. Everything is is within you. You're the context, not the content. We're taking ourselves to be the content and in that identification we forget the context. And now we've made it a topic or a goal to find in content and you're never going to find it in content through content. It's denial, a very clear denial of content and then the context dawns on you. And when it dawns on you, it's like it's never not been that way because it's never not been that way. 
It doesn't, you don't have to study. It's never not been this, that way. No, it, the relevance of this place is negated in a nanosecond of recognition. Yeah, it may come back, but you'll see it very clearly. This has always been the case. There's never been any bondage, and there's nothing really going on here. And so now it's always available at all times, right where you are. What more do you want? Entertain it or not, you can't help. See, you and I are being meditated by awareness. We're not meditating. Awareness is meditating this event all day. The awareness never takes its eye off the ball. Yeah? It's unerring. It's just always on. So all of this stuff, it's never lost. It's never miscounted any breath this body ever took. So you feel like that. You feel meditated. It's much different than meditating. You feel more like a hose with the water running through it. So you take sound. Some people, some of the great bodhisattvas supposedly introduce themselves to themselves through sound. You know, sound to me is a good doorway. So you take sound, like you hear these birds, can hear the wind. And because we're in time and space, the dream, the wind sounds farther away than the bird, yes? So if you want to you want to use the dream to get out of the dream, follow it back. Yes, all right, so I hear that sound. I hear that maybe car stuff there. And then you go back and maybe you hear the breath in your nose, yeah? And maybe you almost hear the heartbeat. And then some of us have a, what I call a hum going on. Mm-hmm. It's like a vibrational sound behind the surface all the time. Mm. You can key into it any time, even when it's loud. If you go in, you'll hear it. So it's, they call it the celestial music or the spheres of this, whatever. It could be ear titmus, I don't know, but I love it. I've had it my, most of my life. And to me, it's the most constant sound I've ever heard more constant than the breath. The breath goes in and out, has a little bit of an interlude. But this is always on, constantly. So it's the most constant thing I've ever met in my experience here, is that sound. I don't know what's generating it, but it's like vibratory. Mostly a little treble-ish, some bass lines, but mostly treble. Alright, so you take it back and know. So everything you've heard Seems that always seems to be underneath every other sound I've ever heard. The sound of my breath, sound of my heart beating. Yeah, this sound seems to be prior to every other sound I've ever heard in my whole 60 years of living, let's say. Yeah, now what's hearing that? What's hearing the most cl- the closest sound that I've ever been introduced to, and also the most constant phenomena I've ever been introduced to? Phenomena, yeah. So if that's constant, what's noticing its constancy must be constant. Right. Yes? What is that? What is it that's hearing? Awareness. Yes. Awareness. awareness. Being, yeah? Now, can that be heard? No. So whatever is hearing everything here can never be heard. Yeah. What? So if you take it the same thing with seeing, you know, there was an old guide uh, on having no head, Douglas Harding. Mm-hmm. He used to have an interesting little example to 
flip you out. You take your finger and just keep looking at it, and then it just disappears. Because he says you really don't have a head. You just think you do by looking at everyone else's heads. And in the mirror, because you're just space. You're just that awareness. So you take it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So, so if, if that's the case, then that space or awareness is what's hearing everything. But the space can't be heard. And it's also what's seeing everything, but it cannot be seen. Yeah? That's what we are. If you take all the avenues, they all lead to Rome. And then if you question Rome, you'll see where that leads to. Yeah? And then, if you're introduced to that, you can start resting there. Because that's the starting point. That's the true starting point. That's the square zero. That's it. Yeah? That which is prior to all thought, that's prior to all sound, that's prior to all hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That which is, how can it not be you? And something that comes later, how could this be deposed by the crowning of that as you? You could see that as a clear mistake, in a sense. The you should never be crowned me. The you should be seen as exactly what it is, a form of expression for that I. Yeah? So when the I is crowned, then the kingdom is seen differently. There is no tyrannical ruler. Nothing's playing God. Because God doesn't have to play God, let's say. Yeah? Like Ramana Maharshi, a great master, said, to know God is to be God. So if you know what you're not, you'll be what you are. And I would say that's more like God than anything. Yeah? So if you get a flavor of that, it becomes familiar to you as you're trucking around. So you start resting through the activities of the day. You're resting, in a sense, all the time. Uh, 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 some of your attention and interest is located in that constant attending to that. Yeah? So it holds the attention quite easily, and then you have enough attention to deal with what shows up. You don't have enough attention to deal with everything that shows up and what's not happening. You don't. It's a lot of fucking things to deal with. But what's happening, you have the in- interest and attention to meet it that day. Yeah? So you travel very, very light during your days. And then the emphasis, all the demarcations and the partitions of our modern life that we've conceptualized and, you know, time and everything, start fading. And you see that there is just one, one, it's like one canvas with, and the mental state put millions of, of cubes on it, making this is this, this is that, this is that, and cutting all these pies up and everything. But there's no, it's just one space, Yeah. One big inhale, and then when you pass away, one exhale, let's say. Not all these thousands of petitions. That's the mental army of ants that does that, you know? Constantly, this was that, and that's tomorrow, and this is a minute from now. But in fact, every moment has the same base, you know? Awareness. You have to see, by its constancy, it should be able to blow out the story of you out of the water, because you're very infrequent. You come and go all fucking day. You lose the self quite a lot. Mm-hmm. If you stop, if you do something you really love, or let's say some people with sex, for me with surfing and stuff, catching waves, when you were in there, your mind was so engaged with what was happening, it wasn't entertaining yesterday and tomorrow. It wasn't worrying, oh, did anyone see me catch that wave? None of that was going on. It was just in the element and... Therefore, self wasn't being generated, and then you really felt, wow, it's fucking great. 
But what happens is you start leaving the water and then the selfing comes back up and says, did anyone see me catch that big wave? Oh, yes, I'm a surfer. You know, so it tries to identify with the event. Yeah? But in the identification, it neuters the livingness of the whole event. You don't need to identify. If you're great, you're great. You don't have to proclaim it. You know? <laughs> it doesn't have to be written on all the walls. You can live very quietly, almost like a vacuum, and you'll be put to great use here. Yeah? I think I'm going to lay with a horse one day. But sometimes animals see me as the Antichrist. Like, you ever see that movie Damien when he goes to the zoo? Some dogs look at me very strangely. Uh, they can some of my energy sometimes a little bit. They're like... <laughs> Thank God it isn't me. See, if it isn't you, man, you'll lose interest in so much shit. You really will. Just like if it's, you know, really, how long will you listen to someone talk about how they were five years ago? Unless you want, unless you want something. You know what I mean? I know men. I hate to break the news. Uh, I'm going to shed some light on men to women here. You know, maybe they want to go to sleep with someone, and so they go to dinner, and the girl will talk about her cat for four hours, and the guy will sound like he's interested because he's got he's got an agenda. He likes to go horizontal. As soon as he gets to go horizontal, he doesn't want to hear about that cat anymore. <laughs> you know, it was all sort of a, an arrangement of, oh, yes, I'm really interested. He's not interested at all. In it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the whole idea is you wouldn't be interested in all this shit unless it was tagged as you. It's the you that gives you the, the, the incessant curiosity. Maybe it's going to be a good thought this <laughs> Maybe it's going to be. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. This is going to be the best thought I've had. You're sorely disappointed, but you keep going to that well because you see your reflection in it. It's about Paul. It's about Paul. It's about Paul. If it was about Sue, you would have moved away from that well in like five minutes. The bondage isn't thoughts or feelings. They're being used to bond you by my thought, my feeling. you got to get to exact natures of wrongs or you won't get to the exact nature. You won't. If you have a rash and you don't know what, what's causing it, so you buy all the ointments and you put some stuff on it. So one, you believe is the one, and you put it on, but you don't really get any evidence it works, but you believe it, so you just buy more of it, and you take a bath in it, and your whole leg is moisturized, but it's not healing the thing. And then you go, ah, I don't think it's this, but you put it on, and then it goes away, and then you read the tin, and it goes, it's for psoriasis. So now you know you had psoriasis from the solution. Yes? This is the same thing with bondage of self. When you start feeling the relief from the bondage of self, you will know exactly what the heaviness of your life was. Bond, exactly. You know, that was the source of all the heaviness. Even though it manifested in thousands of different ways, the baseline was the identification as that. It's like if, when you were a kid, if someone put a hand on your arm and it never was moved, you know, you would have tons of stories why this arm droops and why you have to get this left arm or right arm tailored for a longer sleeve. And you'd have these huge stories. But, you know, and, you would, and maybe some people would believe you or not. But then what would happen is if the, if the hand lifted. As soon as the hand lifted, you would know it was a five-pound hand on your arm the whole time. As soon as it was lifted, you'd know it. 
It's just like when people study gravity. You don't study gravity. You'll know. People, when they go up a hill, they think it's the hill. It's gravity. Mm. Yeah? Gravity is influencing the body all day. No one's at the... We were at Nick's or Mix, whatever. Not one person's conversation there was complaining about the effects of gravity. <laughs> not, not one person in the whole state of Oregon, probably the whole United States, was mentioning the effects of gravity on them. They were talking about the hill. I had to lift that heavy weight. Something like that. Yes? But what would happen? How are you going to learn about gravity? Go into an anti-gravity chamber, and then you'll know exactly what gravity is like by its absence. Mm -hmm. This is the whole point. You'll see that your obsessive presence is the dilemma, and you'll know it when you're absent. When you lose interest in self, you'll realize self was the freaking dilemma, bar none. Everything else was just auxiliary. That's what this invitation is. And we repeat it quite a lot. Because there's no point of going any farther. If you follow Buddhism again, the linear approach, they have the Eightfold Path. I don't know all of them, but it's one, the first is right view, and then right livelihood, right understanding, right meditation. Yes, on and on and on and on. Now, some people, and a lot of people that I knew, and myself included, believed we could get the right view by meditating rightly. But the right comes from the view, and it migrates into the other actions. It's not produced by the other actions. The right view is anatta, non-self. That was the Buddha view. Yeah, That's the view. That's why it's the first step in the Eightfold Path. Because without that, we're believing we're going to produce the right view. But the doing and the, and the acting and the proceeding and the practicing has been claimed by the mental state to reinforce the practicer, the doer, the meditator. And no matter what you're doing, no matter how noble you think the act is, it's probably being diluted and infected with the mental state's claiming of it. Without your attention. But the right view would see that when you sat down to meditate, there was no one sitting down, then you may not, you'd, maybe you'd get up. Like for me, this happened, I went to, uh, years and years ago, this lady told me about a sweat, you know the sweats? Native American Indian. I was newly sober, and they were going to have one in Mount Shasta, and it only happened once a year, it was like the biggest sweat in this society's sweat of the year. <laughs> all the big, all the most well-known people came, they had an Oklahoman Indian thrown in there, he was the shaman or whatever, so I went up there. And we were up in the mountain at some meadow. And it was great. There was like 400, 500 people there. And they built the big yurts or whatever. And you get in there and they have all the cow hides, all that stuff. And I'd never done it. So I'm in there. I'm in this big tent. And they got the big pit with the rocks. And every, some of us, it was no, there was only standing room only, seemingly. So I was standing up, holding on to the rafters. And just hanging out like on a subway. Then the thing went down. And then the heat started to happen. And I tried to sit down, but someone was right underneath my ass. So I had to stand up, and heat rises. So I'm getting pummeled by these waves of heat, burning my nostril and my ear and my underarms. And I'm like, can't wait for that fucking flap to open. But I, I'm, I'm protecting my spiritual face. I'm not leaving in the middle of it. Everyone will notice, oh, that's the guy who ran out of the thing. So I'd rather die than lose my spiritual face. So I'm just dying. They open it up, and I rush out and jump in the water. It's a great rush. And I do the... Then the next times I set myself right near the flaps, I'd be the first one out. And I'd be praying. I'd, I'd be damning the Indian. Do not throw any more water on those rocks. And 
But I did it for three days, yeah? With the hopes that something would happen. Now, years later, my head cracked open somewhere along the way. Years later, a guy I was working with in AA, <laughs> him and a, a number of other Anglo-Saxons wanted to get into the Native American Indian thing. They brought an Indian from Oklahoma to, to, to their house in Petaluma, and they had built this thing in the back, and they were going to do it, and they had the food and the, and the water out there, and he wanted me to support him. I said, all right. So we went in, and I got into the, into the thing, and then when I, know, I, I went like this, it's hot, and I got right up. Went outside, all the food was there, beautiful starry night, started drinking all the cow stoke. I could hear them moaning and praying, and I was just enjoying the hell out of it outside. What happened? As soon as I felt hot, I said, I'm out of here. It was the most appropriate, natural response I ever had. I said, fuck this, I'm out. What changed? Where I would have put up for three days of it? Because I believed something. And, if, and something had happened where I did not believe that anymore. I wasn't signing up for that at all again. And I haven't ever since. And you know what? And I'm okay. The big fucking spiritual foot hasn't stepped on me. Nothing that happened, you know. I'm a, I'm the same. Not yet, exactly. Well, I'm gonna. I'm living dangerously. But the thing, what I found is, when you walk in here, you're exactly as you are now, and when you leave, you're exactly as uh, as you are now. That is never gonna change. What we can change is that chameleon-like thing we're always going through that we call a stationary unit. The sense of you, yeah? The you-ness can become a little more transparent so the light can get out and you'll see the tree by its fruits. Like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. You can never know the tree, but you'll know it by its manifestations and you can see it. You'll see the choreography of this place. You will be the bearer of light instead of the looker of light. For light. You will. You are. And then whatever your seed assignment is, you'll do, you know. If you're meant to, you know, get to the highest heights of mental concentration, you'll do it. If you're not, you won't. And everything is fine, either way. Yeah. You're not damned if you do or damned if you don't. You're not damned. You don't need any salvation. You don't need to be saved. You're not lost. You're not bound. You can only seem to be bound. If you believe certain stuff in that fucking noggin, you'll seem to really be bound. But as soon as you give up the ghost, you're not. So how does... I've seen stuff that took 35 years to get produced disappear in a nanosecond. How real could it have been? It never would. Just like this. Any condition I am before a talk that was like taking a lot of the attention of the day, like bad knee, maybe physically not feeling well, emotionally upset, mentally disturbed, is totally dismissed in the talk Mm -hmm. as if it was never happening because it never was happening. It only happens when I seem to be there in it. If I'm not there, it's not happening. Yeah? Yeah. These things are demonstrations of what's going on. It's not rocket science. It's obvious. You'll see your role here because if your role is, is... is withdrawn, the things don't happen the way they used to happen. You're the biggest player. They say it in physics. You know, the biggest influence of any experimenter is the observer of it. Or all this, uh, uh, what is that? 
Oh, any kind, any uh, observation distorts what's observed. Yeah. So that's like in science, they're busily trying to know everything, but they'll never know the knowing. Mm. Yeah. They're the they're the vehicle for the knowing. They're, the vehicle is not going to turn around and study the knowing. It would be the the knowing studying the knowing again. Yes. It's this is there's no. You are it. You are reality. And there's right, nothing wrong. We're, we're in a dream, and we're lending reality to dreams. But hey, you can also back off of it if it's too heavy for you. It's like you're the dreaming. You have some power here. Yeah. So, I'm just stoked, man. It's just great news. I was so happy to hear this message. I was at a talk, and one of the times that dawned on me, and the guy was a Zen dude, and he was talking about a famous Zen thing, and he says, it, this, play, this is really funny what's going on here. He's giving a talk to a large amount of people. And he says, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. You know, and that was sort of funny. <laughs> and then he laughed just like that. But he, he, says, he says, it's even funnier that I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And I got up, and I never saw him again. <laughs> it's like the fish... You know, reading books on wetness, you know, <laughs> where the most obvious things escaping our attention because our attention is commandeered by self centeredness. We're so busy looking, we're blind to what's seeing, you know. We really are, man. We're so busy looking in a prescribed manner, we can't see. Yeah. Is there any questions? Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so you got your answer before you could question. There you have it. Yeah, let that occur. So as I'm sitting here listening to you, it's coming up, this has come up a lot over the years. It's like, why, why are you sitting there experiencing life the way you do? And why am I sitting here hoping that I get to experience But your head's already cracked open. You're just playing this out, honey. It's fine. Just don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> really? Selfing goes on and on. The mental process is going, it's an interpreter. It's going to keep interpreting life its way. In a way, if you're, if you're, uh, it can turn into Comedy Central. You'll just be totally amused all day by what your head's saying. It's fucking hilarious, really. I mean, my narrative is usually based on 1988. It's so far removed from 2015, it's hilarious. It's like, you know, wearing 70s clothes in Ashland, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so, so off the beaten track, it's absurd and it's funny. You know, it's that doesn't stop. See, you believe there's you there and me there. That's what allows everything else to be believed. I don't believe that you're there. Tell you the truth, 
I don't. I don't believe I'm here. So how do I get to not believe you're there? <laughs> Why do you get to have that? I, I don't have it. <laughs> I wish I could have it. You can't have it. You cannot have it. So why do you get to experience it? And I perceive myself in this moment as separate from you and everybody. I don't experience it either. I don't. In some ways, it it leavens my experience. Other ways, it heightens everything. I mean, I feel every little bit of pain in my knee. Everything. I I I feel my blood moving. I have thousands of sensations every second that are being picked up. It's not fun in a lot of ways, to tell you the truth. But it's not... The experience is not where I'm rooted in. It's the, that's temporary. That's like the, 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 the landscape while you're driving a fast car. Yeah? No, it's something else. To me, it's more of a vacuum. It's the absence of being present and having... and you know, getting or anything. It is, and I've really never been able to get anything out of any talk I've ever been, I've ever given. I just show up, almost like a vacuum. You know, I get to be used, and for some reason, that's the seat assignment. But I don't get anything out of it, really. I swear. When I go home, I can't tell anyone about what, what the talk was like. I can talk about the latte I had, and, you know, going to a movie and stuff, but I can't because there's nothing I have to do with any of it. That's why it continues to happen. So, maybe your attention is more on the experiential level. If if you ask yourself, who is that that wants to have this experience? The thing that needs to be liberated isn't you. The real liberation is from the need to be liberated. You know what I mean? Where you finally accept dog shit, ordinary awareness, life. Yeah. Small things become big deals. Having a latte becomes a ritual. You know, things like that. Things change dramatically. And you, uh, the mental state does what it does. Sometimes it gyrates, but usually it submits sooner or later to the master plan because it has no power. Yeah. So there you go. But no, I don't I never sit think I have anything. I'm more empty than ever, you know. If it's anything, it's taking away a lot, not having much. But I'm cool with it because I know it's, this is the operation. I've been on the operating table. You don't get up, don't play doctor, and everything's cool. <laughs> My job is not the point, oh, <laughs> I just fucking go along with the master plan and uh, I have faith in mind. I don't really take this place that seriously, you know. I mean, I've died a few times in life, you know, through overdoses and stuff and car accidents. And, uh, you know, when I seemed to regenerate, it was sort of like a spool of a movie restarting, you know. And I hated that it was the same fucking hospital police melodrama because <laughs> I'd come to and I'd be getting arrested once again fucking why don't, I'd like to be Robin Hood the next time something what's with the same story I keep re- coming back to but while I came back the only thing I ever came out of that was with was there is no time but I have it seemed like water and oil it seemed like that this is a this is a bubble 
and it's only real in this bubble. And outside the bubble, it's like it never happened. That's how the that's how the feeling I have about it. Not meaning good or bad. It just means it's like it never happened. You know, uh, when you gave your talk last time, I, I tentatively raised my hand and asked you one question. I was like, I knew as soon as I was asking, I was like, oh. But I asked it anyway. And your answer was actually really helpful. I said, okay, I got all that. I, I don't resist. I'm, I'm fine. So, but like, how do you do that? Like, how do you not, you know, do that? And you said one thing to me. You kind of looked at me. <laughs> you kind of like tilted your head. And you said, all I can say is that maybe consider that you've given too much faith into what all the movie producer is. And what if you tried giving faith to what you don't understand? And he called it Big M Mind. He said it's like the sky. And he talked a little bit about that. And, and then I, I kind of sat there like, Ur? But I thought about that ever since you gave that talk. And I thought, well, yeah, I don't understand what that is. But I've been maybe praying to the wrong program, you know, so I just started doing that, and that's why I brought Paul, that's why I brought you back, because I thought, hey, if everybody who comes could get it's a quarter of what I got out of it, just that, and I didn't get anything out of it, because I don't have an answer, but I have a new reference that is like, I, I don't. You can't be apprehended at the moment. Yeah. So, I'm really grateful for your, you know, your seat assignment. And, uh, yeah. and, and all of you that are here, because you're all part of my, my, my world. <laughs> 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 my movie. <laughs> she stayed many, many nights wondering, should I bring him back and introduce him to some friends? <laughs> they may not be friends after this. <laughs> it's just a simple invitation. Seriously, I took it myself in a sense, you know. That's what happened. I was at a meeting, not like this. The lady was much nicer than I am. And I couldn't really even hear her, but it was just the space made something uh, allowable. I don't know what. Maybe it's grace and the timing. And when I heard it, it was like an unspoken yes in my gut. I knew it before I knew it, you know. In other words, I had known it all the while. I just needed someone to trigger it. It's like the bonfire was in place. I just needed a match. As soon as the match, it went up. But it was being it was being uh, delayed by that lack of a match. I needed to hear the message. And when I heard the message, I got keen on some of it. So I read some books. I went to see some people who shared it, similar. And my head was opening up like a lens like this, boom, 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 the camera was opening up, just by triggers they would say, just a pic, an image would be hit, and I go, wow, yeah, and then I realized this, that the realizations would go like this, these are safe realizations, like this, yeah, because you're still having them, yeah, so you, be, you can be a collector of realizations, but this is what can happen, the aperture goes like this, and then you're seeing you, this gets seen from another position that's not managed by any other person, it's you <laughs> seeing you and then the gig's up basically then, because oh, 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 the lens opened away a little too much you know, and because once they're seen even though you can for seemingly forget 
what moves seemingly in and out of it isn't you. That's just interest and attention. You you are never moving in and out of realization. You never ha- you never were awake, and you never you didn't lose awakeness. Awakeness is just not being acknowledged. Let's say so. This whole idea is being awake to awakeness. The awakeness is an inherent state, and you can be awake to that, or you can be asleep to that by being obsessed with the head or up the ass of self, I like to say. Yeah? <laughs> then you need to find a divine proctologist. <laughs> Get pulled out of there, but you'll want to scurry back up there. And so you've got to live with a divine proctologist or something. So This is just a matter of just seeing, you know, innate seeing. Yep. I was, just, I was just thinking about what Susanna mentioned earlier about time bound and so on. And, and, you know, when you, when you look at Physics. I mean, time is a time is non-existent. Time is a mental construct, right? And, and the, the, everything's happening simultaneously. Everything's now. Uh, you know, a million years ago, a million years in the future. It's all. It's all now. And and when I when I fret, you know, which is a natural state, over why can't I be more advanced? Why can't I be enlightened? And, and so on. You know, I'm I'm stuck in that mental framework of time. As if it hadn't happened yet, as as if it's it, I'm still waiting for it to happen. And I, I had a, a divine proctologist who who kind of gave me a metaphor that was interesting. He said, "Well, you know, maybe this will help, maybe it won't, but just picture the fact that 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 in your movie, it hasn't happened yet. It, it's going to because it's already happened. Yeah, and you're just witnessing the unfolding of how it happened." Yeah, and so just sure. kind of go along for the journey, and, and don't fret over the fact that it hasn't sure. happened yet, because well, it's already happened, and you're just going to discover exactly how that took place. Mm. Yeah, nice. and it was it was kind of a nice. Oh. That's like the dreaming yourself out of the dream. Yeah, it'll get happier. Or like yeah, some it's people, it's like a CNN newsflash. Some it's an eight-hour epic. Yeah, let's sit down if the popcorn's good and just chill out. Get those, you know, sit in the movie and. And the thing is, when it dawns on you, if you think it is an event, you won't be able to escape the fact that it seemed it was always like that. So all the longing that you feel like you're spending now, you will see that there was no one spending any longing. It's all dis- it's all dismissed. Mm-hmm. Longing and all that is based on time, and time becomes weakened in that when you have the rel- you know. The recognition of timelessness, or the let's say the absence of time, let's not call it anything. When that becomes a reality to you, you'll see all the stuff that is time-bound, longing, you know, yearning, all like that. You didn't miss the bus ever. But when, as soon as you get on the bus, that's the only reality there is. You were never off the bus, and nothing like that. Yeah. So there's nothing to be sweating over, and no one's. It's like everyone on a plane thinks they're going to get there to the place earlier if they rush to the front. We're all, you're not. No one's arriving anywhere before you. Yeah, it's not nothing like that. Have nothing like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So just enjoy, you know. And Jay Lee, perfect as you are right now. Because you're not, and I'm this seat assignment. A lot of people think, you know, this isn't all that's cracked up to be. So, so yeah, incessant onness, you know, wears out, wears the mental state out. <laughs> you know, just on all the time. You'd like to take a vacation occasionally. 
turn off if you wanted to. No, no, no. You couldn't make the choice to be lost in thought for a few days? That wouldn't be a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be suffering. That wouldn't be a vacation. No. 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 That's <laughs> Well, the thing, funny thing is, when you step into fantasy land, reality land is forgotten. Yeah? you got to be careful with the stepping into fantasy land. You may not have a memory or, or, or retrievable access to reality. That's part of the fantasy, is you lose the sense of what you are. Yeah? So, I think in a lot of times in old mythological things, that's the...